You guys, it's time for more. More stories, more possibility, more growth. I have practiced vulnerability my whole life, which I know sounds crazy, but soon you'll understand it's really true. Vulnerability is a popular word these days, but I made a commitment to myself as a young girl that I would show up as myself so that those around me would feel safe to do the same. This mindset has led to deep and fulfilling friendships. And what I started to notice is what's really easy for me is actually super hard for some people. So I want to help you to gain the confidence to step out and step up and be unapologetically yourself. When we're in proximity with people, we hear their real stories and we see them through different eyes and we can't not be changed. So here's what you need to know. This podcast is about more. More possibility comes from hearing people's stories and my hope is that when you see others get real, it will give you the permission to show up as who you were created to be. This podcast is centered around friendship and better understanding and I promise you will learn, obviously laugh, and grow if you click subscribe. But first, you've got to be ready for more. You guys, this is my very first podcast. This is a big deal for me. It was hard to make this and I really didn't know anything about what I was doing. So I hope you enjoy this conversation with Kate Hutzel. Kate Hutzel is just one of these great people that every time I talk to her, I enjoy our conversation so much. So I hope that you are touched and inspired and that you have a little grace for this first try. I'm ready. I'm so excited. Hi. Hutzel. (laughs) Hi. Welcome Hi. to day one of Get Real with Jody. Real people, oh. real stories, real possibilities. So thank you for Jody. Oh, uh, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to do this with you. I'm excited too. Um, and this is podcast number one. So let's hope, you know, the mm. millions of listeners are gonna be really gracious. <laughs> yeah. Alberta girls. So let me give a little time, a little background <laughs> on you. So I have you as registered massage therapist, lifestyle Mm -hmm. meditation coach, doTERRA essential oil educator, and of course, wife to Nate Hutzel and mom to three beautiful children. That that sums me up pretty much. Yeah, to a T. Well, and as I think about it now, as I think about it now, you were a student and you massaged my back. Yes, that's right. right. Yeah, you are, you are my practice. I was your, I was your naked practice. Well, if only we were in the same province, I could get you to massage me because I would love that. Yeah. Right. Right. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. Um, okay. So that obviously, so we've known each other for about 13 ish years. Um, one of the things, one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you were the first person I thought of when I wanted to do a podcast. And it was because I feel a real sense of connection with you because you have such a desire to be authentic forgetting what that looks like to the world, like not care, like unapologetically authentic. And I think my belief has always been that the more vulnerable, like I thought this as a kid, which is crazy, but the more vulnerable I am, the more, that more easily it invites others to be vulnerable. And that's just like what comes off of you. So definitely that was really cool um, that you are as fun as you are inspiring. You're hilarious, which I obviously have a very high value for, and you're just super real. So as you've been, you know, kind of changing your, like, I see you as someone who right now is trying to change people's or challenge people's worldview on a lot Mm -hmm. of things. So I'm just super excited about who you are as a human being. And I love you as like just a funny, funny lady. And so, yeah, I wanted to take some time and ask some questions that would help other people see even through your story, how they could embrace maybe more, a more natural lifestyle or embrace that vulnerability that leads to such deep, quick connection. And that's, I think why you and I connect so fast because it's just Mm -hmm. instantly real. Right. Instantly. Yes. Yes, totally. And thank you for all that. You just totally made my day. No problem. It's all very true. But I was thinking (laughs) both of us being raised in Alberta, you know, land of delicious steaks and oil and gas. And I know for myself, even being considered like by my friends, a little bit of a hippie because I make my own deodorant and I make my own body butters and stuff (laughs) like that. And, you know, I still drink Diet Coke um, and I have Botox in my forehead, but I really love I'm really drawn to what's natural and what's whole and the oils and 
I've seen the benefits of a lot of that stuff. So can you tell um, my listeners a little bit about your journey? Cause that, I mean, those titles that make up Kate Hutzel that I just read through, that's about the mm-hmm. last 10 years. So yeah. you know, what would you, what would you tell me about your journey to, you know, the girl raised in Alberta who has a certain set of things built into her to the girl now Reiki master, RMT, those sorts of things. Okay. Well, you know, like you said, Alberta, yeah, it's a very rough neck kind of uh, place to live. And I was actually kind of fortunate enough that I had a mom who, when I was about 13, she actually went and got her Reiki level one and level two, her training. So she actually came home and attuned our whole family and Reiki kind of became a part of our, our family. Um, it became a tool that we would deal with kind of the everyday, you know, day-to-day obstacles that you face. So I was kind of fortunate in that way, but I always had it and I didn't really move much past having the Reiki. Um, I kind of always had it as a tool, as a, as a, a go-to, but I didn't really go much further with that. And then um, I had my first daughter And when she was, well, actually when I got pregnant with her, I was actually in my first year of massage therapy. And that's kind of the path that led me down this kind of more um, like essential oils and all of this stuff. So I had her, I went for my massage training. I finished that. And then we decided we wanted to have another baby. And I had a miscarriage as one in four women do. And Mine ended up turning to be this partial molar pregnancy. So I got a DNC done and they were monitoring my blood work and my blood work wasn't, it wasn't coming back. It wasn't, it wasn't good. So she sent me for, to the cross cancer. It turned out that I actually had a tumor inside of my uterus. It was about the size of a, a grapefruit. And huge. yeah, it was pretty big and I didn't even feel it. Like you feel like you feel a baby. I was like, I sure would have thought I would have felt it, but I didn't right. feel anything. So anyway, uh, she was like, you know, we don't know if this is cancer or not, and we can't do a biopsy because if we nick your, like nick you, right. um, it's so vascular, we'll have to give you a, we'll have to take out your uterus. So she's like, we're going to try chemotherapy. And I was like, what? Okay. Um, so I ended up doing five rounds of chemotherapy. It worked. It ended up being a non-cancerous tumor, which was amazing. So, um, that all went great. And she's like, you have to wait a year. We're going to try to have, you can, then you can try to have another baby. And it's like, great. So we tried again. We got pregnant again. So what, what year, like give a few years with this timeline, your daughter was born. Yeah. So she was born and this was happened when she was about three. So that was like 2000, about 2012, I think it was around there. And, um, so we had the miscarriage, we got pregnant again, we had another miscarriage, um, and we found out about eight weeks and this was kind of the, the pivotal turning point for me where I was like, really kind of almost had to, um, surrender. Like I was like, I have no control over this. I don't know what's going to happen. Um, it's going to be just us three looks like, right? Like this just wasn't happening for us. And, um, so we waited, you know, we kind of surrendered to this and I was like, it's just going to be me and my husband and my little girl. She's healthy. And I'm so thankful for that. And, um, about nine months later, we got pregnant again with our little guy and we got a beautiful, healthy baby boy. And then two years after him, we got our another beautiful little girl and she was super healthy. So that, that was kind of a, 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 a pivotal point for me because, I was in probably the darkest place that I had been. Um, I was angry. I was mad. I was, um, I I say I was depressed. I didn't really realize it at the time because I had my tools that I was using, um, but it wasn't, it wasn't enough. Right. Um, So that was kind of where I decided afterwards, like, no, I want to do something different. I got, I got to move out of this, this place. So that's where I really, I went back and I did more of my Reiki training. Um, and then I got into essential oils and then I just, this year I started to do my meditation training because that was a tool that I had turned to that really helped me kind of deal with a lot of stuff. So yeah, it was kind of in my darkest hour that really pushed me through to this, this light, this, this side that has really cracked me wide open. So well, and then, <laughs> that space. And then when that happens, right, that you just feel driven to share that. Right. Yeah. Like that's yeah. those, those, um, 
like almost cocoon butterfly moments, you know, they lead to um, you just wanting to help others usually. And that, you know, yeah. 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 Because we all have our messes, right? We all have our crap that we've been through and, and some worse than others, but at the end of the day, pain is pain. And it doesn't matter what it is that you're going through when you are feeling grief and sadness and, and shame and guilt and all of these things, it's painful and pain is pain for everybody as joy is joy. Um, so yeah, I, I decided then that I, whatever my mess was, I wasn't my mess. I wasn't the, the dark spots. I wasn't all of that stuff that I was going through. I was going to be the message that I, that came from that. And I wanted to share that because when you're going through it, you feel like you're so isolated and you're all alone. Um, and then when you start to, to open up and be vulnerable and share your messages, you start to see the connection that, that comes and how many people have gone through similar stuff and you really start to have that connection with people. So yeah, wish- that's, that's the best part. I think that's one of the things I felt even as a new mom, I was very anxious. Like I was very, very uptight. And I think one of the things I felt like no one talked about that. Like, I I don't know, similar when you talk about depression, I don't know if I had postpartum, but I feel like thinking back, um, yeah, like I, I think I, I wouldn't, I maybe, maybe postpartum is darker. I don't know. I think I just definitely had really big feelings of inadequacy like other yeah. moms were like so natural at breastfeeding and I sucked and I had to use a shield for 10 months and all these things where I felt like no one talks about this crap. And my husband was like mad. He was like, how come no one has told us how hard this is? Like, how come we had no yeah. idea? Um, yeah. And one of, one of my things, even um, with the book I'm working on for young girls or this podcast is the more people tell their story the more that other people can learn from the choices they make or learn from like turning their mess into a message, learn from the mistakes they make or whatever. And I think like, I think the world needs a lot more of that. Yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. Like real human stories. I think that, um, I know a lot of some of my big choices in life are because I had an aunt who would tell me things about her life. And and my mom would tell me, but you know how you like listen to your mom as a kid and she has so much more wisdom than you realize. And when you're old, you're like, oh my goodness, like if I just, you know, like really given her my attention, that would change things. But there's just something about hearing real stories and, and that's why we love books and stuff, right? Typically. Yes. Um, yes. But no, so that's really cool. And so then, yeah, when I think about what you've been, um, your new Instagram handle is holding space with Kate Hutzel. Yeah. Yeah. For me as well. And I'm super thankful. Um, but thinking about now, so now that you have these, you feel enlightened, you, you've learned a lot of coping skills and things like that in your own life. Um, that's really hard because so much of the world I would say is like 60%. Do you think it's that much? What do you think the percentages would be like? Oh, I don't know. Maybe there's like 40 of us who are like sold out towards natural health. And then there's like you know, I don't know, 30% who are on the cusp and then, you know, another 30 who are against natural health mm-hmm. and medicine and stuff. I, I just see it as I want to live. I had acupuncture today for the second time, yeah. which was really yeah. cool. And I want to live a life that feels that I'm thriving. And I know mm-hmm. that means like eating my plant-based foods, eating, you know, like putting food as medicine into my body. But a lot of people still think that's hokey. Um, what do you feel like you're doing right now to help challenge people's worldview um, when it comes to, I mean, you're doing it on a lot of levels. I think you're doing it for um, racism, natural health, vaccinations, oils, and the things that those things do. Um, how do you think you go about that? Like looking to help change people's worldview? Yeah. And you know what? I think originally when I had started with all of this, I was hoping to influence people or to, like you said, challenge people and think outside of their box. And then I think it kind of gradually turned into this more of a, a, an understanding and a trust that whatever you're putting out into the universe, whatever that you're wanting to do and help and move humanity forward, the people that are willing to listen and the people that are ready to hear what you have to say 
they're going to show up and they're going to be there. And we can't really um, worry about the people that aren't quite there yet. I had someone who said, uh, this is a really good metaphor. They said, when people are kind of shining their light and they're wanting to help humanity and move forward, they're almost like a, a blind, right? Like over a window. And it's like, you, you, you know, those roller blinds that whip up and all of a sudden the sun comes out and it hits people and yeah. some people, and at first people are like, oh man. Uh, but most people are like, oh, the sun's so, you know, so great. And they love that light and they're excited. And then some people are like, man, I am so tired. And this is too much for me. Like roll down the blind. So you're going to, you're going to encounter both, both kinds all the time. And you're never going to, you're never going to fit the peg for everyone. And so I think when you're, when we're doing this, you originally have to go into this, um, idea and this this the modalities that you're going into for you and when you choose to share that message and and and, and share your experiences you just have to trust that the people that are ready to hear it and listen are gonna they're gonna show up and a lot of people are still sleeping like a lot of people don't you know don't wanna don't wanna see what's going on they don't want to hear about it they don't want to know that they're responsible for their their, their whole way of life right that's a lot of yeah. responsibility um, it's easier to blame and 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 blame everything on everybody around you. But the common denominator in all of your relationships, your career, your friendships, everything is you. Yeah, you got to look at the mirror, and that's you. So, um, the first thing you can do, you have to do, is focus on yourself, and then hope that whatever you radiate out to other people, just it resonates with them, it sits with them. Totally, people have built their idea of their wellness or um, their health or whatever on like a bed of lies. It's like if they start to admit their ownership in some of that, that foundation is crumbling really quickly. So it's kind of yes. like starting to admit that if that's the foundation um, is a really people. It's like people don't. It's like a landslide once someone starts to realize, and you can't unknow what you know. Right. And so yeah, once yeah. you learn that stuff, um, I think it's like, it's just such a huge game changer. And, but yeah, you're right. I think that's really good. That's really good advice to say, like, don't worry, just run your race. And the people who are meant to like run beside you, they'll find you. Right. It's totally, like, I'm so 100%. drawn to you. Yeah. And then I do think yeah. something you've been really big on lately, which I, I didn't even say I was going to ask you about, but is the censorship piece, just how oh, yeah. you know, like our right <laughs> to know, our right to know certain information is, seems like it's lost depending on who's involved or if it's big pharma or Bill Gates or the who, or is that what they're called? That's the band. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, they are the WHO. Yeah. The who. The WHO. Um, yeah. No, it's like a modern day book burning is, is really what it's like. But I actually, I, I want to read this, this little bit from a book that I'm reading. And if you haven't read it, or if people watch this, this untamed by Glennon Doyle, the information that she is giving could not have come at a more perfect time. Cause this book was actually released right when COVID like shut down. So there's this piece and it's kind of talking about, you know, our current realities. And she said, for those of us um, who were not consulted in the and the building of the visible order, igniting our imagination is the only way to see beyond what was created to leave us out. If those who are not part of the building of reality only consult real reality for possibilities, reality will never change. We will keep shuffling and competing for a seat at their table instead of building our own tables. We will keep banging our heads on their glass ceilings instead of pitching our own huge tent outside. We will, re will, we will remain caged by this world instead of taking our rightful place as co-creators of it. Each of us was born to bring forth something that has never existed, a way of being, a family, an idea, art, a community, something brand new. We are here to fully introduce ourselves to impose ourselves and ideas and thoughts and dreams onto the world, leaving it changed forever by who we are and what we bring forth from our depths. So we cannot contort ourselves to fit into the visible order. We must unleash ourselves and watch the world reorder itself in front of our eyes. That is Isn't that awesome. Good? I just like get goosebumps when I read it. But basically she's saying like this world that we have created, that we had no say in it, yeah. it we have to change it and we can't keep um, referring to the current reality. We can't keep referring to the same mm -hmm. governments, the same 
ideas of what school is, of who we are, of these social constructs of, of what we're supposed to be. And we got to start thinking outside the box. And the way people are going to do that is to start with really being their authentic self and not yes. being afraid of what comes along with that. Right. That's and, how and we're going to change things. Totally. Yeah. And I think yeah. even um, when I think about being a young girl, I was always like really spirited and chatty and like, like 38 year old Jody is very much the same as four year old Jody, you know, and <laughs> I felt like people wanted me to kind of, and maybe it's the generation changes of like kids are seen and not heard. And, you know, but mm -hmm. I think in the eighties, we were probably moving out of that a little bit, but I want to say that I always felt a sense of, I should be a little bit more toned down. I should be a little bit more of like nodding and smiling um, mm -hmm. and a little bit more filtered and people would like me a little bit more if I was a good girl, you know what I mean? Right. And, and, yeah. um, I want my kids to have really strong values. Um, but I want them to like, if they're spirited, be spirited. If they're introverted, be introverted. Like you don't need to be different. Let's leave people how they were created to be and let them exist as who they are. Um, and embrace yeah. that authenticity within each person because, I always say like when I write cards, to like my nieces or nephews, or I talk to teens, it's like, you just have to be you always still changing and growing and bettering yourself for sure. But who you are at your core. And then that's what makes the world like a beautiful bouquet of flowers because every flower is different. Right. And yeah. I think the sadness yeah. is when we try and corral people into all being the same. And that's why all the debates right now with the mask debate with COVID and all these things. And there's like people who are like, just respect others. And then other people are like, doesn't mean I don't respect you just because I don't want to do that. And it's like, if we could each just kind of go our own way, that would be fantastic, but let people mm -hmm. um, own their choices. Um, and with that, like, even with what you just said, Oh, no, I was going to say, I, I think that that's kind of a lost art critical thinking because information is at the drop of a hat for us, right? Like you can find out anything at any moment. Like, do you remember like the library, like the Dewey Decimal, like you had to go and like find your book and you had to go like find it in the library, right? Like you had to yeah. like use your brain. And so now like, there's just so much, we're just constantly bombarded by information. And most of the time you don't even have to think about it. And lots of people just think like, oh, if it's on the internet, it must be true. Right. I think it's an art to like critically think for yourself and think like, Mm, does that really sit with me? Does that, does that line up with my values and my morals? Is that something that I really believe yeah. in? Right. Instead of just being like, Oh, well, the, the majority of people think this, so it must be true. Right. right? I like to call that rumbling to sit yeah. in a place and break bread and hear each other's point of view and, um, and to be challenged and to grow and the connection that you feel when you leave that. And when you're in proximity with people, that's the only time you're truly, you're hearing their stories, you're, you're seeing them, you know, you're seeing them and you are, you can touch them. And I think so much of that is lost, you know, with the internet and stuff. I'm so thankful we can hear stories of people because I'm still touched by that. But I think, mm -hmm. I, I think we need to encourage like us as families or our kids and you know, at the school, oh, I get so mad. My son um, is a real, is a real natural leader. Like he really brings people together, Brooks. And he- I wonder where he gets that from. Right. <laughs> and, and he got all these kids together and he has all sorts of different grades. Like he'll have a birthday party in grade, in grade two. And he had grade threes and grade fives and grade ones and a kindergarten kid from the bus. And I'm like, this is so random, but he had started a, like football at school. And so they would all get together at recess and they would throw the football around and like they were having a blast and pretty quickly someone fights during the football game. I mean, they're in grade, they're in grade three at the time. So like, how bad is this fight? Let's be real, but whatever. Mm -hmm. But the, the teach now twice has this has happened with different topics, but twice now a, a teacher or a principal or whatever has come out and just been like, no more football, just mm -hmm. no more football. Not like, okay, can you tell me what happened? Here's how we resolve this conflict with each other. And then we go back to playing football. But because this yeah. whole society is focused so much more on what's easy than what's good. So yeah, it's like kids, it's easier to give them a screen, but, and it's, it's hard, it's annoying to make them chop vegetables and, you know, like get involved in the kitchen and do all those things. I could cook by myself and it's in some ways more enjoyable, but yeah. that's not what life's about. And if, if people could stop looking for what's easy and don't even trust what's easy. If it's too easy, it's probably too good to be true. 
if it's yeah. fast food, yeah. if it's, if it's medications instead of, you know, um, working on your health, if it's, I mean, I get it. If you have cancer, yeah, have the chemo. I still can't believe I didn't even know that you had five rounds of chemo. <laughs> Like, yeah, yeah. So did, did they ever, did your tumor just shrink? Um, yeah, it did. Um, so I did like guided meditations while I was doing it. And I also went for acupuncture. And actually when I was done my last round, um, I actually, it's kind of funny. So she's like, your tumor will kind of like absorb, reabsorb back into your body. And I was like, no, like I want this gone. Like it needs to go. Sure. And I actually, my tumor detached from my uterus and I actually like, birthed my tumor. Like it came out of me and I took it to my doctor. My next moment, she's like in 30 years. You took years, it like you I, caught it? Well, yeah. Like I, like I had to like, I had to like keep it in the freezer. I had like my tumor in the freezer. Cause I had to like take it to the next appointment. She's like, yeah, just hang on to it. I was like, I don't see you in like two weeks. <laughs> so I, I would tell my husband, I'm like, don't touch this tinfoil thing. It's a tumor. I'm like, it's not a meatball. Like just don't touch it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I took it to her and she was like, I, in 30 years, I have never seen this happen. So that to me right there was like the power of the mind is so much more important than we could even possibly wrap our heads around. Right. Like, oh my God. Yeah. It's so funny. Yeah. Do you have a picture of it? And like, are you going to text me a picture of your tumor? No, after? no, no, no. I didn't take a picture of it. I probably should have, but I didn't. No, I absolutely should have. I, I pulled my, this is like, who's going to listen to this podcast? I don't know. But if it's just you and I and like Jill Susie and Donna Canal, that's fine. Yeah. But I pulled my mucous membrane out of the toilet when I was about yeah. to deliver Brooks and I like held yeah. it and showed Jonathan. And he was like, what is that? I'm like, it fell out of my body. Yeah. And the guys are like, oh my God. Yeah. No, because nothing falls out of them. They, they, they don't, they're not used to that. So yeah, very, 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 very weird. Yeah. I see everything as super connected as well. And it's mm -hmm. probably been like, I did it a lot as a young person. And I feel like I took 10 years off of like getting up and starting my day with like prayer. Like I write in a prayer journal, I read my Bible, I'll do like a little Bible study and I'll do a meditation as well. And it like has drastically changed every aspect of my life, like where I'm going. But like, I just feel like the world thinks they can ignore that side. And it, it yeah. drives me nuts because I even, when I met the naturopath today, I told her that I think maybe my hamstring hurts because sometimes my heart is sad. And I, mm -hmm. I, I truly believe it. Like I just said, some people in my life that I know that have a ton of physical pain have like broken hearts. Like there are connections yeah. between that. And I think we just don't know science isn't, I'm curious to know what they would know a hundred years from now, right? About the brain, yeah. oh, even yeah. the gut connection and all that stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. It's going to blow our minds. Right. But like, you don't know until you know, and then know you do better. Right. Yeah. So that's, that's the way that I keep doing. It's like, you don't know what you don't know. And then once you do know it and you learn it, then you can do better. And we can't focus on all the crap we didn't know before. Um, just like, you know, each generation is doing the best that yeah. they can with what they know at this time. And we're very lucky in that aspect, lucky and cursed, I feel like that we have so much information that we can learn anything at any moment. Um, yet it is a very constant bombardment of information too. So we have to learn how to like filter what we need to keep and what we can let go of. So I'm like, I just need an Encarta. Like sometimes yeah. you feel like, I just need an Encarta. Like I need a, I need to hold an encyclopedia in my hands. Like my parents were so proud that they owned the whole alphabet of the encyclopedias growing up. It was such a, <laughs> right. you know, such a coveted thing of that generation. I wanted to ask you the three questions. What do you think is holding people yeah. back from connection? What do you think? Their own disconnection. Oh, their own disconnection with themselves. Because we, we can't have connection with other people if we are disconnected from who we are. Right. And so there is such a disconnection like you said, with our mind, our body and our soul, like people don't even know that those things are connected or have to do with each other. Yeah. Um, and so people look for external things to kind of create that connection, right? So if I have a better job, if I have more money, if I have a different husband, if I get a different girlfriend, if I have maybe more kids, if I go on more vacations, then I'm going to feel good, right? And the thing is, is like, maybe when you get that, you have this moment of feeling fulfilled, but it's not a sustainable happiness, right? It's, right? Not it's not gonna real. fade. No, yeah. it's not real. And so you're constantly chasing these external things. 
um, that and the, and the other thing is that people turn to you know drinking and alcohol right. like uh, like abuse right like I'm not saying we all love our white claws so yeah. but you know like I mean like the abuse of it and like yeah. um, you know smoking and drugs and all the stuff that the abuse of that is just because people are trying to feel fill this this void that they're or trying to numb it yeah yeah right and that like void isn't that void isn't because of a disconnection with others that is because there is a disconnection with you right there's yeah. there's nothing there's nothing that externally or anyone can can fulfill for you you have to you have to find that yourself and it, it, it's it's deep and it's dark and it's a lot of work and people don't want to do it yeah so it's easier it's easier to numb that with over drinking and doing drugs and gambling and shopping and just, you know, this constant trying to achieve external validation because then, then you feel good. Right. But it's yeah. so fleeting. It's so, so quick. Like it's that's the one like, like, no. And that's no. like the thing I hate that saying, like, look good, feel good. Right. Like, and everyone's like, well, you do. And like, when you do, when you have a nice day, you feel great. You get your hair done. You feel so good. Um, but it's, it's such a, a superficial, um, right. boost, right. And it fleets, right. Like it's, it doesn't last. It doesn't last. So yeah. this look good, feel good. And if I look like this and if I wear these clothes, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to feel good and you might, yeah, momentarily, but yeah. that validation that you're getting from other people, like, oh, wow, you look so great. You like that feels good. Yeah. Um, but it's momentary and it goes away. So yeah. you have to do that internal work of like, I like who I see in the mirror. I like this girl. I like this guy that I'm seeing. Um, and if we don't have that, there's going to be just this constant grasping for, for validation, for approval, for, um, really just feeling like you're valued in this world. And the truth is, is that you don't have to do right. or say or be anything to yeah. deserve love and kindness and joy in your life. You don't, you don't have to do any of that stuff. Totally. No, I right. love that disconnection with yourself. Yeah. Um, okay. So what would you tell your 16 year old self if you could give her wisdom or advice? I love that question because I actually have a picture of a little me on my desk that I look at <laughs> when I'm, you know, doubting myself or saying things like, what would I say to her? right? Cause like we all, we have kids and, and most people that. that listen to this. Yeah. Um, it was actually from a friend of mine, Shannon. She, she, I'm doing a course with her and she was the one who, who said to do that. And it's been amazing because yeah, if your kids or a little girl came up to you and was like, man, I'm so scared to do this. I, or I, I, I want to do this and I'm not sure if it's right. You would yeah. never be like, yeah, that's no. stupid. Right. You'd be like, you suck. Don't do yeah. that. Um, no, you would do everything in your power to make this little yeah. girl or this person feel valued and appreciated. And so the biggest thing I thought back to like who I was when I was 16 and I am, hi, I'm recovering people pleaser. Um, I couldn't stand if people were mad at me or upset and, you know, girls were, I had girls constantly were awful to me and bullied and, Really? just made me, oh yeah. Like, um, it was the same problem would show up in different girls in different stages. Right. So there would be this girl in, in elementary and then, you know, you go to a different school and guess what? Those girls show up again in a different form in a different place. And then you don't deal with it then. So guess what? They show up again in high school or when you don't deal with it, then that girl's going to show up again in college. And I still see women like that at the PTA and stuff. <laughs> like, right? yeah. like they're you know, there, these girls and those kinds of people are always going to show up and they're going to be more in your face, the, the, the less that you deal with it. So if I was to go back and say to my 16 year old self, I would say, if you are too much for someone, they are not enough for you. Like if you, if you are too much, if you are too this, too peppy, too nice to this girl, those people are not enough for you. So don't sacrifice who right. you are and what is important to you because you don't want to let down anybody else right. and uh, screw them all. Right. Like oh my to, gosh, to, to have that. that, to have that knowledge when I was 16. Yeah. Oh my God. Could you imagine? Could you imagine having that? Yeah. No, I can't. Yeah. And I, one of my big things, but I like, I am 
I find it so interesting how it kept coming up in your life. Because if your yeah. life is happening for you, not to you, it is to be like, Kate, we got we to gotta shave off these edges. This is going to keep coming up until you figure out what you just figured out. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I think for me, it's the approval of others. So it's yeah. hilarious that I'm constantly in like leadership and, you know, platforms where it's like, I want that approval, but I know I have to just do what I need to do because I believe it's what I need to give to the world forgetting, like just put cast everyone aside. I picture the, the certain people that I would choose to influence. And I, I'm going to put, even as I write my book, I'm going to put a picture of little girls faces that I love on my wall. And this is a book for them. This is written yeah. because it's what I want to tell them if I could have them all in a room at once. And then I would just like hug them for 10 minutes. You know what I mean? Like that's I what that. I want to do. But I think, um, I think it's interesting how that stuff just keeps coming up until you figure it out. Um, yeah. And, and they get kind of, the, the, the more that you avoid it or try to do it, the, the bigger the lesson's going to be until it's like hits you in the face and you're like, oh my God. Yeah. Okay. Enough's enough. Because it's like, once you, like you said before, like once we know better and once we know, and we are a conscious of it, you can't go back and you got to push through this. And I promise on the other side, it's going to be so worth it. And yeah. if you don't do it, we're going to keep coming back. We're going to keep pushing you to get through this. So It'll keep showing up. It just shows up in different forms in different people, but it's the same, it's the same, crap. same lesson, right? Yeah. Same crap. Yeah. Same crap. I think what people forget is it's like, okay, so I'm like, okay, I struggle with the approval of others. Okay, great. Now I don't struggle with it anymore. No. Mm -hmm. Right. And so same nope. thing for nope. you. It's, it's such a process. And so I think it's like, I do certain things like I don't enjoy, I do enjoy, but I don't enjoy a warm yin class. I also don't enjoy a slow moving cashier. I don't enjoy a hairdresser <laughs> who takes five hours to do my hair. A few weeks ago, I've had a few different things that have happened where I've been like, Hey Jody, this is where you need to breathe. Cause I could feel a physiological response. Like, I don't think I'm that uptight, but when certain things like my hair took five hours, the last time I got it done. And I was like, what is even happening right now? And, but what I'm starting to learn is in that moment, I was like, Kate, hey, this is your patience. This is you working on your patience. You just sit here and you just keep breathing. It's just someone's process. I don't want to, you know, like, I don't want to tell them their process is wrong. And so I'm like, I'm just going to let this be an experience where I work on my patients or when it comes to the approval of others, it's like post a video and don't check for how many likes you have. Eventually you're going to see it right. again. Right. But just like, don't go checking, decide you're putting your phone away for today and you're not going to look. You know, because mm -hmm. someone liking or not liking something doesn't change my value. My value is here no. all along. And so I think so often people think like, first they have to own their crap, recognize their weaknesses. And then it's like a practice, just like yoga or anything like, or learning to run or any of those things. You keep being like, okay, I can feel right now that I'm like really desiring acceptance. I, do, I don't get my worth from these people. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's where I'm like, okay, God, like it's you and me against the world. That's all it is. And just help me to remember that I'm here to do your good for your people. And that's all that matters. And so I think that, exactly. but I think so often people forget that it's, it's just like, um, uh, acknowledging your weaknesses or your issue is like the first thing. And then it's the work. Like now mm -hmm. you get it and now you work on it. So doing a yin class is like, or a restorative yoga. Like I want to die in restorative yoga. Like I, I, this is an hour and a half. I'll never get back. And I've laid here for so long. I don't feel relaxed, but that is a good practice for a quick moving girl. Right. right. Because it takes yeah. all, it takes all the really great parts of Jody and it restores her. It rests yeah. her body. It gives me things that even though I don't like to acknowledge, I need them. I know I do. Right. Yeah. And, so, and, and going down like this, you know, kind of this spiritual path or this, this, um, consciousness it's not about doing things that take away reactions and emotions. It's not like you're sitting there being like, mm, I don't feel things, but I do feel things, but I don't feel things. You do. And meditation, meditation doesn't take you away from here. It's giving you a tool to be here and how to do with that. And same with the Reiki and, and whatever modality, the yoga, um, massage, um, like there's so many different modalities that people can use. Um, and you have to decide what that is for you, that, that piece that gives you, um, cause no one can tell you what that is. No one can totally. say, yeah, you got to go to eight stations of yoga. You got to go to 10 massage things. No one can tell you that. 
right? You have to figure that out. Um, but it's not about getting to a place where you don't have issues or that you don't have emotions and you don't feel things. No, then we're dead. it's about, yeah, exactly. You're totally dead. So it's about having these tools to deal with, okay, when I get angry, this is what I can do to calm myself down. And when I get offended, when someone says something, I can, you know, go inwards and be like, why are you offended? Why do you care what that person thinks? What is it that's right? Like you start to analyze and see why everyone does the things that they do and why you do the things that you do. Mm -hmm. So it's not about getting to a place where you, you don't feel things, you don't react, you don't whatever. Um, no, it's about having tools in your life to deal with those things. I think I told you or else I thought about it, but I have a friend and she was 60 and she'd lost all this weight and she looked fantastic. And I remember being like, you look so good. And she was like, I'm not my 18 year old self. And I was like 30 and I was overweight and I just had a baby. And in my mind at 60, I'd have it figured out and I'd be confident and I'd be okay. (laughs) And I was like, I was literally, I've never forgotten it. It was like eight years ago. And I was like devastated that and like in my head up right then I was like, you're not going to be, if you're, if you're still in a battle with your weight at 60, you are going to have accepted it. Like you will be maybe healthy, but big or whatever. But like, I will have accepted it. Like the thought of even chasing my 18 year old self at 60 was just so sad And it was Mm -hmm. just a really big eye opener that I was like, that's not what I want for my life. And, but you're right. We're Mm -hmm. never done and we're going to still have issues and relationships and things we're working on, you know, then. Um, But yeah, I think owning your crap is what I want to tell 16 year olds to do. Own your crap. But um, yeah, yeah. I love the thought of a picture of little Kate. That is really powerful. Yeah. When she said that, I was like, Oh my gosh. And yeah, I look over and it's a good little picture. Cause it's actually, my mom is sitting across the table from me and she's in the corner and it's, it's just a good reminder that like our moms and the generations before us, yeah. when we're healing, when we're doing the work now, we're not just healing ourselves. We're healing the past. We're healing all those generations before us that were in way dire situations and have gone through, you know, wars and all of this stuff to get us to where we are. And by healing that we heal this and we get to heal the future. We get to heal those future generations. Like, you know, like imagine generations not having to be brought up in abusive homes and trauma and right. Like, can can we even fathom that? So it's, yeah, we have to do that work and we've got to, um, but we're not just healing ourselves. We're healing everything around you, everything, but it, it has to start here. Well, it's like heal people, heal people. No, that's not it. Oh, hurt people, hurt people, hurt like people, that hurt people. Thing. But in the yeah. same way, I think, I think that they always say that prayer affects a thousand generations, you know, mm-hmm. positively and stuff. And I think too about, um, yeah, like even, even the ways we've come forward with human rights and stuff in the last years mm-hmm. and just the changes and the acknowledgement and all, you know, all those things. And I just, I think it, I do think it really matters that the work we're doing right now matters. Um, okay. Last one. So I have said a lot of really unkind inappropriate things during COVID. Um, I literally told, <laughs> I literally told someone, cause you get so exhausted. I literally oh, said yeah. yesterday to someone, I don't care. I don't care about anybody. And then this mm-hmm. morning when I was like praying and I was like, God, I do care. I, I love people. Like I'm a fierce people lover, but right now I'm like, well, if people are going to die, it's their time. Like I've been like, yeah. it's just, I'm sorry. It's your time to go. It's your time yeah. to go. And like, I hope you know Jesus because like, it's going to, I'm excited to go sometime, but yeah. So during COVID, tell me one thing that is saving your sanity right now. One good Ooh, thing. Okay. I, you know what? I thought about this question too. And I was, I'd have to say the one thing, the one go-to, and you may feel like this too, is a sense of humor. Uh, like to, to kind of have to take a step back and for a while remind yourself of like the joy and the fun and kind of bring yourself out of that. And like, there's always those two seats you can sit in. You can sit in the seat of love and the seat of fear. And fear, we can't, we can't process there. We can't grow there. We can't um, we can't thrive. We just can only survive when we're in fear mode. And I feel like that's the majority of the world right now because it's coming from the news media, the newspaper, people talking, like it's just this fear platform. 
And so we get to choose what seat we want to sit on. And sometimes you bounce back and forth, right? Like sometimes you do get scared and you get worried, um, but we can come back to the seat of love, which love isn't just one word. It's, it's joy, it's beauty, it's, it's fun. It's, it's all of those things. And so you kind of have to bring yourself back there. So trying to bring myself to that, that seat of love more often than not and enjoy the beauty and the fun and the good things in my life. It's not to say that you're not going to have bad days and days that you upset and sad and scared. Um, and it's okay, it's okay just to feel that. And, and the more that you let yourself feel those feelings, the quicker those will pass, right? When we try to not feel things, when we try to not feel angry, right. we try to not feel scared, the longer it sits with us because we, it's a process. It's, 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 it's processing through every part of your, your consciousness, your unconsciousness, your body. Um, it's, it has to go through everything and it doesn't feel good. And so people try to avoid it by like I said, drinking, doing all of these other things. Um, but when we can really sit and, and, and really connect with ourselves and say, okay, yeah, no, I am angry. I am upset. I am mad. And know that that's okay. And not to feel guilty about it or feel shame about it. Um, the quicker those things can pass and you can kind of come out of that and go back into like, okay, yeah, I've got, I'm healthy. I've got my kids. I've got this right. And bring that gratitude. Um, but don't be afraid to to feel crappy and feel sad. And know that that's okay. Well, and I'm just mostly angst Mm -hmm. and humor. Mm -hmm. So like, it's a really (laughs) wicked combo. Jonathan, I'm I'm always like, oh my gosh, this is so funny. I'm going to post this right now. He's like, that's a bad choice. Jodes, that's a bad choice. I'm yeah, like, don't don't so do it. But it's so funny. funny. Have to Some just, of the stuff is just laughable. Like you're like, what? Really? Okay. Okay. That's where we're going. That's what we're doing. You know. Well, and that Alicia. goes back to like you, you know, you said something really nice about how watching some of the stuff gives that I post or whatever gives you courage. And I think that's that is we have we have to pull deep and and pull that courage out of us. And sometimes you're sometimes you're in the role of a teacher and sometimes you're the role of a student and and it's constantly switching back and forth. And so I think we have to be really, really willing to be a student almost all of our life and follow people that pull those things out of us, pull courage out Mm -hmm. of us, pull um, confidence, pull all this stuff. Cause this stuff's not, it's not stuff you're born with. It's not a character trait, right? We're not born with courage. We're not born with confidence. We're not born with these things. These things come from doing things that make you feel very uncomfortable. They come from doing things that people, you're putting yourself in a position where people will judge you and will say things about you. And the more people that you can follow on Instagram or Mm -hmm. your social platform that pull that out of you, not following people with white kitchens that make you feel um, you know, un- unworthy that your house is not this way. So like, we really have to filter our life with everything. Yeah. You, you need to go through and delete people that you follow that make you feel um, unworthy, that you're not doing enough, that you're, you're not being enough and follow people that pull that stuff out of you, pull courage out of you, pull confidence, mm-hmm. make you feel good, make you excited, give you hope. That's the stuff that we have to follow. Those are the people that we need to look up to. And um, we need to do it in every aspect of our life uh, on social media and in person as well. It's like the moms on Instagram. Like I don't follow a lot of moms cause I'm more into like leadership stuff now and that sort of thing. But like the yeah. moms where they all match and there's like five kids and I'm like, I don't get mm-hmm. it. And like every picture has like a hue of like peach. Do you know what I'm talking yeah. about? And like you look yeah. at their feed and I'm like, I can't imagine, like, I just can't. I'm like, I don't get yeah. it. And that's, and yet I get it. Like that's their thing where my thing is, totally. I don't know, exercise and potato chips. Like, I don't know, like it's a combo. Right. But I just, yeah. Yeah. I find that really hard to see. And yet I have a lot of friends, like one of my best friends loves bloggers, loves fashion bloggers. And I'm always like, this isn't real, but she loves it. Right. So it's like her yeah. thing, but I look at it and I'm like, this can't be real. You have five kids. Like I have two yeah. kids And they're not that pristine and they want to wear ghetto Walmart shirts and I want them to look nice. And that's a battle. And I'm like, are these kids battling you every day? Like I just, you know, but that's obviously not my thing and that's their thing and that's great. Yeah. But it's just, yeah, yeah, it's, it's good for me to unfollow them. 
Yeah. And it's, that's where it just comes into alignment of the people you're following. Do they line up with what is important to you and your core and your values? And um, I, sorry, I'm going back to this book again because I cannot, okay. I'm only on 74 pages and I've been reading it for two weeks because I can't get past her words. Like I keep Well, you kind of have to reread like, them. You can tell. Oh, maybe my life's good enough, but good enough is what makes people drink too much and snark too much and become bitter and sick and live in quiet desperation until they lie on their deathbed and wonder what kind of life, relationship, family, world might I have created if I'd been braver? Right. Like we always have this thing of like, be grateful, be grateful. Like your life, it's good enough. Everything's good enough. And now more than ever in this time, this unprecedented time is the time that we need to be brave and we need to, to dig deep. And it doesn't mean that you have to post that on social media, right? This is just be brave in for your you. own life. Be brave for, for you. you. You don't have to post that on Instagram. You don't have to share that. But if you can do that in your own life and do that with your own family, like the changes that this world will show are going to be monumental. Like it's, it's going to be forever. But that really stuck with me because, you know, you always talk about brave women doing brave things, including you, Jody. like, um, thank you. I don't know anybody listening to this that isn't friends with Jody. Like you need to be friends with her. You need to contact her and hang out with her because this chick is unbelievable. Like you're unbelievable. And oh, I am so, so proud of you because I know we've been talking about doing this podcast and stuff for like, how long have we talked about this for like a year? Like probably because I was, re- yeah. I, I recorded a bunch of individual, um, kind of like messages before I started doing videos. Like I would, yeah, yeah, like probably a year ago and I sent them to people and then I got so insecure and I sent them for feedback and then I just never posted them. And mostly I have like tech issues. Like I don't know what I'm doing with tech. Um, and so yeah. that's one of my obstacles, but yeah, definitely. It's one of those things today where I was like, you know what, just record something and go from there. Like I just, I and that yeah. my friend is courage. And you said, I'm not as courageous as you, you said that earlier. And that's not true. What you just did tonight and doing this, that is courage. And you just, you you. just did it. And you just proved to yourself that you absolutely can do things. You can do hard things. You can totally do do it. You can do hard things. And you know, 99% of the time when we take that leap, it always turns out just perfectly, just the way it was supposed to. I totally love it. And I love you. And thank you for chatting. And uh, you're the best. You're awesome. scary after all looks like we both made it through thanks for being here i hope my first try gives you courage for your own first try make sure you click subscribe share this podcast with a friend and we will be back here one week from now to chat with dr shannon morgan stern on how to simplify our life and make it healthier and cleaner until then i hope you're getting real